0: Have you ever seen something from the corner of your eye that wasn't there when you looked again? How about hearing from a friend of a friend that while they were hiking in the mountains, they saw something that was just impossible. But when they spoke to a ranger or someone else in authority, they left them with a simple explanation that just isn't quite fit. My name is Jack, and this is my colleague Chris, and we're Senior Wardens for the Creature Conservation Initiative. We protect the world from creatures of superstition and myth, but more importantly, we protect those same creatures from the world. So, here we are, episode three. Mm. And so far, we've got a little bit of interest. I'm feeling quite good about this. People want to know about the world. Yeah. What do you think, Chris?
1: I love it. As uh, I said before, I'm excited to talk about these things, and I love that people want to hear about them. So it seems like we have a thing going on there. Yeah,
0: and uh, you listening, we love the fact that you are hungry for answers to these questions <laughs> of what actually is out there and what the hell was that thing you just saw in the corner of your room. Oh my god, run away, run away!
1: <laughs> Le- leave the podcast <laughs> running, well, though, awesome. so we get the listens. While you're Sounds good.
0: Hey, do you think if we can if we like messaged some people and emailed some people, they would class it as two listens through one <laughs> download.
1: Mm, maybe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are here today, and we're talking about another one of those interesting little creatures called the Kelpie. Now, Chris, do you know much about the Kelpie?
1: I know next to nothing about the Kelpie. Never encountered one? No, I'm I know that uh, they live around Scotland, if I'm not mistaken, and I know that, or at least I think, it's another watery horse situation like we had uh, the other time. But other than that, it's pre- mm. that's pretty much the extent of my knowledge.
0: Oh, you're not wrong. There is a little bit of that watery horse kind of thing going on, but there can also be a watery anything. Oh. They are shapeshifters. Oh, great. <laughs> I, I hate shapeshifters. Yep. So do I. They are very, very frustrating <laughs> yeah. to deal with. Mostly because they can be absolutely anything. <laughs> exactly.
1: and Un- Unbelievably frustrating.
0: Yeah. Well, luckily for us, what we tend to find is that with shapeshifters, they tend to have a preferred shape. Yeah. You know, They tend to kind of find something that they like to be. Yeah. And they stick with it, which then makes it a little bit easier for us to uh, identify and find them. But yes we will get straight into this and start talking straight about kelpies they are very very popular creatures in fiction and myth and you'll tend to find them in pretty much anything you know like that medieval fantasy type of lore and fiction and movies and games they are they tend to inhabit that quite a lot um but they are far more ubiquitous than even there to the point where they found their way into recent games, like I've said. Um, I know I remember seeing one in the most recent God of War game that came out.
1: Yes, I uh, remember.
0: Yeah, they were used as a method to travel to uh, the fates. Yeah. Um, but they are also so popular that in Falkirk, they, I believe in 2013, I may be wrong, but they finished building the twin steel sculpture statues of the Kelpies.
1: Oh, where where was that?
0: In Falkirk in Scotland.
1: Okay, makes sense. It's weird how all these creatures uh, tend to have statues, and yet somehow people just forget they exist. Yeah,
0: it's one of those ones where you just don't really, really think about them existing. They're always very, very interesting creatures of myth and legend. And they are... Very much creatures that are seen in Scottish and Irish folklore. But they also apparently have counterparts in various different places around the world. Like in other parts of uh, Scotland, they are likened towards the Nuggle. The what? Or the Tangy of Orkney. (laughs) Again, shape-shifting creatures. But they're not just all around the British Isles. They have parallels in the Germanic neck. Yeah. Or the Scandinavian bakahast, which I am pretty certain I have completely butchered that. I am
1: pretty certain as well.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, like I say, they appear to actually be quite European. Yeah. And pop up all over the place. But not just there, they're in Central America as the Wirwin. And Australia as the bunny yip. Yeah,
1: it, it's rare that the creature is really international in, in that way. Most of them are somehow more or less localized to, to at least a landmass, at least in my experience. Well,
0: you, you're not wrong there. They are all over, but at the same time, those aren't kelpies. Oh. They're their own little thing. And this is the inherent problem when we're having to deal with any kind of shapeshifter. Yeah. They can just be anything. <laughs> It's very annoying again it's one of those things where you'll have to have dealt with a shapeshifter at some point in your career sure within the cci yeah. they they're just all over the place and they are so so difficult to contain they're so difficult to hunt you know you're just trying to find the damn things after yeah. time and i've know that I, i've heard luckily it's not happened to me because it's quite embarrassing but it's not been unheard of that say an investigator has walked around and literally been followed by the creature they were trying to catch (laughs)
1: look i i i don't appreciate this this personal attack (laughs) you didn't have to call me out like this on the podcast but uh yeah that's uh that has been reported to happen to some people (laughs)
0: <laughs> you know we're all a little bit nervous
1: when we start with the yeah. investigations group. yeah that's why i hate shapeshifters <laughs> they are uh, just trouble all the way around even even for the science department i mean how do you how do you classify biologically a, a shapeshifter you say they have a preferred form but is that really their biology but can you even can you even classify them at all it's just trouble all around
0: that is part of the problem and why we have the classification of shapeshifter but yeah. As you've kind of alluded to there a lot of us don't really like that classification because diff- there are different types of shapeshifters yeah. but you know how do you force them to their natural state and what is that natural state in the first place exactly. very very annoying to deal with but anyway back to the kelpie they tend to be known as kind of watery horses because they really really like the shape of a horse and they tend to hang around lakes locks and rivers their kind of mo, shall we say, is that they like to kind of catch weary travelers, people who might be out for a walk alone, and they tend to appear to them as these absolutely massive, beautiful, big horses, stallions, geldings, mares, whatever, whatever they feel like, whatever they think is going to attract the the their prey, because unfortunately they do see us as prey.
1: If there's one thing you'd take away from this podcast as a whole, it's that this kind of thing happens across all the world and across all kinds of different creatures. If you're out and about alone and you see something beautiful, it's safer not to approach it. Because chances are it's something to uh, try to lure you in and uh, eat your body parts. Very much so, and
0: uh, the main thing to be really really wary of, walking alone essentially, especially depending on where you are, and one day we'll talk about uh, some of the beasts that inhabit parts of America, and those are scary. I personally never enjoyed my my deployment to uh, some of the national parks over in America. Uh, I don't know if you did, but there are some, some nasty creatures there.
1: Yeah, it's always uh, it's a double double-edged sword. It's very beautiful. There's uh, it's fun to be around there until it's not, because there's all kinds of uh, creatures that may or may not have it out for you. And of course, we are a bit better prepared than the ordinary person uh, going on a hike there, but uh, still you can never really let your guard down if you if you know what might be out there.
0: But uh yeah, anyway, back with the kelpie. Yes. Yes, they like to try and they like to try and draw people in. Now the really really interesting thing about the kelpie is actually how they catch people because like I said, they draw you in. They get you to want to come to them and to see them, this big beautiful majestic horse-like creature, especially if you're say a lost traveler who's finding it difficult to you know navigate where you're where you are and then all of a sudden this massive well-looked after and well-maintained looking horse and it is well known that horses do return home quite easily it might in your mind you might sit there and think this is the lifeline well what actually happens is they encourage people to kind of come over and touch them and maybe even mount them and get on their back ready to ride away. At which point it turns out they have incredibly adhesive skin. They stick to you. They hold you and lock you tight. And then they ride off into the waterway to drown their victim and finish off by eating their victim. But weirdly enough they don't really like your digestive system so they'll throw your entrails back out onto uh, the riverbank. (laughs) Which is where... You tend to find that person who went missing yesterday. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, yeah. Once you're stuck to that thing, you're basically done for, as far as, uh, as I understand it.
0: Yeah, if you are not prepared, you <laughs> are done for. Yeah.
1: And that's 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 a danger of the thing, isn't it? Because if if something charges you, you know, at least you know. That it's dangerous. Whether you can do anything about it or not is the other thing. But at least you know that you can f- uh, run away or fight or whatever. But if you if you think it's safe and you go towards it, then you only realize there is any danger at all when it's when it's too late. Exactly.
0: And the thing is with the cowpea is they're also very very intelligent in they have been known to extend the length of their back so more riders can hop on and all that is is more dinner (laughs) you know they're just finding ways to have seconds
1: does it when it extends does it get more legs or is it just stretching out like a like a sausage dog
0: as far as i'm aware they stretch out like a sausage dog <laughs> i personally haven't seen them do it but that's mostly because i've only ever really encountered them one-on-one uh, as part of my job as an investigator essentially
1: yeah.
0: the there is a bit of an annoying point though with kelpies i tend to find kelpies were well they were kind of well known and popular prior to christianity kind of arriving on the shores of England yeah, um, and on the shores of Great Britain, basically. So when Christianity started creeping into the country, there were a few misnomers put out there about them, notably the fact that apparently they keep their hooves when they turn into humans, because, again, they do occasionally mimic humans. There are stories yeah. of them mimicking people to try and bring, entice you back to their lairs and back to the water's edge. Apparently they kept their hooves while they were human, where in their human form. This doesn't make any sense.
1: Seems like a giveaway.
0: Exactly. As well as apparently when they're in their equine form, their hooves are backwards. Hmm. What? Why would that be? There's a lot of talk about it and it's because these do prey on people and they do eat you and you know they are considered evil from this standpoint you know we don't consider lions evil but you know we'll talk about that another day (laughs) they are very dangerous creatures so they were in the way of christianity they were seen as connected to satan and the devil
1: sure it's it's on most of these things they really made it evil for themselves
0: Hmm. well don't you don't get me wrong if you're going to give out warnings uh, against, you know, these creatures eating you or anything dangerous, that is fine. Tell people what they need to. But what will, this will have done was made people actually encounter kelpies. Go, that doesn't. That's a human without hooves, or the hooves on that horse are the, cri- are the correct direction. This is perfectly fine, and then they get eaten. <laughs> Great. It's just misinformation, yeah. Which is one of the things we're trying to get away from by revealing all this information to you about these creatures you don't know. But it's one of those really, really frustrating parts where they just want to show evil and it was just unnecessary and I can't even think how many people might have died as a result. Oh,
1: yeah, must have been loads. Hmm. Christianity is causing problems, as always.
0: <laughs> yeah, well,
1: that is that.
0: Yeah, there are other like myths, a little bit more innocent, that kind of hide behind them. Okay. Um, there's the idea that in some parts of Scotland, they have been reported as having a mane of serpents. Serpents, yeah, yeah, snakes, serpents, whatever like, you want to call
1: them. Like, like a Medusa around their neck, or
0: essentially yes. And oh. whereas I'm not going to terminally say no, they can't. They are shapeshifters.
1: It's true, but um, maybe it was a fashion thing. I mean, they are intelligent, maybe.
0: Well, we do know of uh, orcas that like to wear salmon's on their heads, so exactly it's not impossible but again this is one of those things where if they are trying to entice people to come and you know see them sit on them and all that they're not exactly going to get that many people coming towards <laughs> them if they've suddenly got a main appeal of poisonous snakes
1: <laughs> Yeah, that's probably
0: true you know, usually would keep me back at the very least
1: <laughs> i mean it depends on the, on the snakes doesn't it if, if I was sure it was not venomous snakes, I'm not going to lie, I might approach this. Because the mental image I have is pretty cute, actually. Yeah, maybe a couple of corn
0: snakes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so there's that. They are also apparently able to sing. To sing? Yeah, apparently some of them are able to sing, which has obviously enticed people over with their singing voice. Sure. Um... I'm not that sure on how many, how many, how often the long face of a horse is going to entice that many people to come over, and whether the reverberation—I'm not that sure how often the reverberation that you can get from the long face of a horse is going to make for a lovely uh, singing voice. <laughs> I don't think Beyoncé is going to be um, running out of uh, running out of fans anytime soon. <laughs> Who but... knows?
1: Did you ever hear? Any, <laughs> did you ever hear one sing?
0: If I'm perfectly honest, I think I may have at some point during one of my investigations, but I never saw one singing. Okay. So it's not something I put too much stock into, but it's always entirely possible. And they also apparently can be tamed, can be captured. And forced into work. That's interesting. Oh, well, yeah, there's the there's a story of the Laird of Morphe. The Laird obviously being kind of a massive land over <laughs> um yeah. But there's the Laird of of Morphe who managed to capture a Kelpie, harness it, and put it to work building their castle by hauling stones. Because they are obviously very, very powerful creatures. There are other stories around yeah. of like, farmers who have managed to trick a Kelpie into work, you know, and it makes massive differences to their farms. The thing is, the Laird of Morphy story, if we go back to that, apparently when the Kelpie was actually released, it then laid a curse on the Morphys. Okay. And as a result, the entire family died
1: out. Is, is there anything to that? Because that sounds a bit far-fetched.
0: Not that I've been able to find, or at least not in the sense of
1: there was a Kelpie involved.
0: I get the feeling that was more of a story. But the one thing I can say about it is they are very, very powerful creatures. They do take a lot of physical prowess to control and to force them to even just follow you. Or at least that's if you're trying to overpower them. And again, you've got to be careful because they have the ability to change shape. They have the ability to basically adhere you to their skin so you know you have to be very very careful in handling them so you might wonder how people were able to capture them in the past
1: i mean you'd probably want to lure them with food like you do with other uh, carnivores i don't think there's much of physical overpowering involved there well
0: apparently what it is is that in the past
1: you could if you could get a harness
0: that had the stamp of the cross on them you could control them. Again, okay. religion trying to poke their way in. Sure. But what it actually is, and this is the truth behind it and how we kind of handle them, is that they actually have a weakness to silver and iron. Oh. It's been reported that if you have to or you want to kill a Kelpie for whatever reason, sometimes they might have been plaguing the land, Yeah. then using a silver bullet kills the Kelpie. Or there's a story of a blacksmith who slayed one by essentially sticking two iron spikes into it. Okay. And what actually happens to them is that you do see their real form, which is basically like a jellyfish gelatinous mess. Oh, wow. Yeah, they just kind of melt into this big gelatinous puddle in front of you.
1: I did not know that.
0: It's not something that we see very often, because again, we actually managed to contain these creatures quite easily. Because again, we looked at these stories, and when we started trying to handle Kelpies, and obviously we didn't want to kill them, what we did was, we got harnesses together, we didn't stamp them with the cross, we just inlaid silver and iron into them. You get a lasso, with silver kind of braid into the rope itself, Mm -hmm. and you can immediately kind of nullify and weaken them.
1: Interesting. It's a running theme, isn't it, that of uh, silver being a weakness of these, uh, of many creatures.
0: Yeah, silver and iron. We're not sure why. It's the major question. that I know the research groups are always asking, but they just can't seem to find the answer. We don't know if it's bacterial, virology. We don't understand why. Mm. But luckily, it just means that we do have some simple and easy ways to handle these creatures. Exactly.
1: What I'm also interested in is uh, the two-iron prong thing, because honestly, even if it was not sensible to iron, it seems that if you stick two rods into a creature, that might kill it anyway.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'll give you that. There's always a bit of a a chance that the iron isn't really necessary, but...
1: At least in in that story, I'm not sure how much it did.
0: (laughs) Exactly. We do find that iron tends to help us... of managing these creatures but you're not wrong in the sense of you sticking a couple of iron prongs into something it's not gonna have a good day (laughs) exactly these are dangerous animals we have to be very very careful about how we handle them but look as i say we've got these different ways in which to control them, corral them but there aren't that many of these kelpies left they were actually quite aggressively hunted before the cci was Mm -hmm. formed essentially and the ones that are out there now tend to be hiding. But well, what we do with them now is we tend to find them, we contain them, we catch them. Luckily, we don't need to usually use a containment team. We tend to, you know, an investigator who's who understands what they're hunting, they tend to be enough. That's good. But uh, it was a little bit like the, like the one I encountered many, many years ago. I was probably a few years into being an investigator and they sent me off to go, oh, investigate, weirdly <laughs> enough, um, a few sightings. There'd been some disappearances in the area, and we were pretty sure what we, what we were dealing with based on some of the findings. Um, when I was there, what we actually did was we managed to persuade like, the environment agency in the UK to kind of block off this area. You know, we just gave them a load of rubbish about... <laughs> Some kind of virus that we fought some kind of dangerous algae I don't know I, I leave that stuff to I leave that stuff to kind of the the PR team <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but yeah we managed to persuade them to close off the little region that we were in and what I did was I made myself look like I was a lost traveler.
1: Okay, how how did that look? That sounds interesting. <laughs> what what do you do to cosplay as a lost traveler?
0: <laughs> well, you know, dirty clothes, change into some, you know, dirty and ripped jeans, <laughs> walk around, I hadn't shaved for a few days, you know, made it look like I was, you know, a bit ragged and all that. Yeah. And just hid my equipment as best as I could underneath uh, my clothing. You know, brought a ripped bag that held some of the stuff I couldn't hide. Yeah. You know, like my firearm, because sometimes we have to, you know, we have to be ready to protect ourselves in some ways. Of course. But I managed to I managed to keep my rope with the silver kind of braided into it. That I kept that out the way, kept that hidden like under my shirt behind my back. And in my bag was essentially a harness to take control of these creatures. Because like I say, once you yeah. harness them, especially with the silver, they become docile and easy to handle. It's like the energy gets sapped away from them.
1: Yeah. So so they are intelligent enough that you need to hide these things. So if they see it, they know what's going on. Yes.
0: Yes. Well, again, this appears to be kind of their weakness. So they get the idea, keep away. Yeah. Makes sense. Um. We don't know if it's instinctual or if it's actually, you know, they see it, they process it, and they recognize it. But either way, we have to keep it well hidden. And like I say, I just kind of hid myself quite in the open, walking around, looking a little bit like I was lost, trying to stumble around, looking for tracks, looking for clues the entire time, trying to make it, trying to kind of overplay this. Because the thing with a lot of these creatures is that they are intelligent, yeah. they are kind of progressive and they adapt, but they still don't understand modern equipment. Mm-hmm. So they tend to fall prey to that weakness. Oh, lucky for us. Very lucky for us, because trust me, when I actually did manage to find this Kelpie, it did appear to me as a big, beautiful, like, white horse. <laughs> Luckily I'm quite a quite an adept horseman myself yeah. in my normal life, and I know that there's no such thing as a white horse. There isn't. So I was pretty certain what
1: I was looking at to begin with. That's almost more interesting than the creature.
0: Oh no, they're technically classed as grey. If you oh. look at if you look at what people see as a white horse in real life, there's actually flecks of grey throughout their entire body. That's wild.
1: My mind is blown. But
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it did mean that when I saw this big, beautiful white horse in front of me. I knew exactly what we were dealing
1: with. Yeah. Okay, so what what do you do? It seems like uh, harnessing it is, isn't an easy task.
0: No, well, what I did was I started to approach it very, very carefully. Again, acting as best as I could, as if this was the best thing that was ever happening to me. I was a tired, weary traveller, blah blah you know, all that yeah. rubbish. <laughs> Just got close enough that if I'd had another couple of seconds, I could have got the lasso that... Essentially, my rope was in around its neck and had it completely under control.
1: Okay. It sends a butt
0: coming. Problem is, it spotted oh, me. Oh, no. It worked out what was happening. Yeah. And basically charged at me. That sounds bad. Yes. It was not not ideal, shall <laughs> we say, because it actually hit me. Oh. Luckily, yeah. like I say, I was a pretty decent investigator, so I was pretty sure I knew what we were handling. And what I had specifically done was I had put on... We've got these very, very kind of transparent gloves. Yeah. You know, for when we have to handle some more dangerous creatures, but we still need to keep an eye on, say, like, skin conditions or yeah, skin sure. issues within our hands so we would be able to see what's going on directly. Yeah. And I was wearing these because... The adhesive sticks to the surface,
1: and then you just slip out of the glove, and you were fine. Yep, I managed. I managed to stop it from good thinking getting like my face
0: attached to it or anything. But you know that was a bit of contortionism, I have to admit. (laughs) But I managed to slip out. I was wearing a spare shirt on top of mine, so (laughs) that came off quickly. So we're basically doing a striptease
1: for a (laughs) kalbi. Um, I mean, not voluntarily. Yeah. <laughs> that makes it worse.
0: <laughs> but I was able to, you know, get rid of the stuff that was stuck to the kelpie. It wasn't sure what the hell was going on. And I managed to use that time of confusion to quickly get the rope around its neck, hold it in place for a couple of seconds for it to become a little bit more docile. Yeah. Harness it up and took it back to the trailer and take it uh, to one of our one of our more controlled areas, where there's a couple of kelpies. They tend to be a little bit more isolated, but again, we can't you know give each one its own river or lake for us to then you know be watchful of it. Yeah. there's just not enough we we don't have enough manpower for that. So they do have to live a little bit closer together in kind of a watery environment that we provide them in on private ground owned by us where we can contain them and we can feed them yeah. and you know keep them happy and out of the
1: way so i'm talking about it what what do you feed them if they usually hunt humans i assume uh, you don't feed them those but uh yeah what do they accept
0: a quick runoff to the uh local uh local mortuary here <laughs> uh, <laughs> no we're not quite that bad no again, we just feed them you know general kind of meats and things like that they're, n- they're not actually that picky. Exactly why they decided that the only thing they're going to hunt out in the wild is humans. I don't okay. know.
1: Maybe humans are the most gullible.
0: Yeah, well, we can't really communicate with them in that way and find out exactly why, but either yeah. way, we keep them out of the way.
1: You could try to make them sing a song about it.
0: <laughs> well, I think I'm supposed to be going uh, I think I'm supposed to be going over to the facility in a couple of weeks' time. Who knows, I might uh, see if the research team will uh, lend me a recorder. I'm sure I can play <laughs> hot cross buns at them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm excited to hear that. <laughs> you won't be. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, oh. that's
0: kind of the Kelpie. A really interesting creature. Really, really dangerous creature. But very, yeah. very beautiful to see. And ugly when they die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, very interesting, but uh, not half as interesting as the fact that there are no white horses, (laughs) which I'm still thinking about.
0: That is a brain teaser that we're going to leave you with until next time, I think.
1: Yeah. And of course, as always, uh, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, do the social thing. You know how it works on the internet. Uh, Give us a rating if you'd like. Uh, Subscribe so you don't miss anything. Uh, keep an eye out for our Halloween special. We have an interesting episode there for you. Very. And, uh, yeah. Do you have any last words?
0: Uh, just don't forget, we also have a Discord now for you to join. Uh, the
1: link will oh, be in right. the
0: description. And
1: uh, If I remember. <laughs> yeah, if you remember.
0: <laughs> and we are kind of, we're looking for reviews and obviously ratings and everything like that to help the algorithm gods really get us in into your feeds and more importantly on the discord you can ask us about the various creatures that we have uh that we've talked about but you can also suggest ones that we might be able to tell you about depending if they're actually
1: yeah. real or not yeah, which, which most of them are if we if we're honest so if there's anything you're curious about uh shoot us a line yeah. And we'll sort it out in one of the next episodes if we can.
0: Yeah, just don't ask about squirrels. No one's ready for squirrels.
1: <laughs> oh, no. Don't remind me. Masters of the universe, really, they are. <laughs> they are. Yeah. The North were onto something. Hmm. Anyway, I guess that's it for today. Yeah, well, before we go, what is our next episode?
0: It says you led one next. So,
1: what are you talking about? Oh, yeah, we are. We are talking about another very local one to uh, Germany. As I've mentioned before, I am, am from Germany. So I uh, uh, obviously dealt with a lot of the creatures that are home here. And there's one that's entirely localized to Aachen as far as we know. And that's the Bachauf. That's going to be an interesting one for today. There's going to be a, lots of drinking involved. Oh, sounds good to me. <laughs> As long as you're not the one who has to do it. Fair enough. But uh, more on that next time.
0: Yeah, well, thank you very much for listening. and We will see you next time. Yeah. Goodbye. Bye-bye.